The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. We did a complete computer overhaul and software overhaul, so I'm expecting a lot of very interesting anomalies tonight. Any anomalies you hear tonight will not be supernatural or paranormal in nature. They will be me fumbling with the wrong uh, faders on the mixer or the wrong buttons on the keyboard or the wrong looking at the wrong computer at the wrong time because everything is different. We ran a little bit of a test uh, just before the show started, which you may or may not have heard if you were uh, on YouTube. I'm sure you heard it. And just, just playing some audio uh, to test that. Now, if you hear anything odd, if something doesn't sound right to you, please let me know in the chat room so that I can uh, I can try to address it as we move forward here. But either way, we're going to have a great show. We've got Nicole Beauchamp about her new book called um, Haunted uh, Bay City. It's about Bay City, Michigan. And she's got... Uh, a number of local hauntings. She's from Bay City and uh, talking about those locations, talking about the preservation of some of those historic sites and also erasing some of the stigma associated with the with uh, the paranormal community in general. So, again, I, I'm, as I mentioned, we're doing a lot of changing here uh, with equipment and computers and if anything is strange or out of the ordinary, please mention it in the chat room. Hopefully I'll see it. If, if I don't uh, reply to you, and you mentioned something, please mention it a couple times. I don't always get to see the comments because sometimes um, my attention is diverted elsewhere and or the comments are scrolling through rather quickly. Okay, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we will uh, start our conversations tonight. It's Beyond Reality, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Beyond Reality Paranormal. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson. I'm going to ask that you support this program. The easiest way to do that, by the way, is if you're listening as a podcast, you just open up the description of the episode and you scroll down to the bottom. And at the bottom, there is a link that says support this podcast. If you click on that, you'll be taken to a page that gives you a couple of options for supporting the show. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us bring great programs to you every week, and we look forward to continuing to do that. And if you're enjoying the program on YouTube, there's another way you can support the show. Just go to the description. You'll see a link to a Patreon page. It's Joha, J-O-H-A-W. And if you go to the Patreon page, you'll be able to pledge an amount to help support the show as well. Once again, thanks for your support. Thank you for listening. Please share it with your friends. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We've got returning guest Nicole Beauchamp joining us. She's got a new book out, and it's called Haunted Bay City. Nicole, welcome back to Beyond Reality. It's great to have you back again. Thank you so much. Like I, I'm just really honored that you would have me back again. Well, you've it done a lot. Yeah, well, you've done some great work. So we need to talk about it. That's kind of that's how it all works here. And and I want I need to know first of all, you grew up in Bay. Did you grow up in Bay City, or do you live there now? Um, I was born and raised in Bay City. I moved away for a little while, you know, to go to school, and mm -hmm. then I thought I'd try Florida for a while, but I did wind up back here, so mm -hmm. obviously I like it a little bit. And, of course, we're talking about Bay City, Michigan. Now, you, um, uh, 
Bay City is like Cooperstown, New York, in the sense that we get a pretty harsh winter. We get a pretty uh, short summer. Um, fall is nice, but it only lasts about three weeks. And spring right, sometimes right. seems to take forever to come around. Um, so you went to Florida, which is completely the opposite in the sense that it's it's nicer, warmer, obviously. Um, but you're, uh, you're uh, I guess, a northern girl at heart. Yeah, I really like the community here. Um, I will say, like, I, I just love all things paranormal, all things horror. And, you know, in Florida, they just don't do, like, Halloween like we do up here. It's just, I mean, we treat this like, like Christmas, you know. Yeah, but yeah. down there, it's like maybe there's one haunted house. And that's about it. Unless you're, like, in Orlando where you're going to Universal Studios. And that's a different story, but yeah, it's it. That's an interesting observation you just made because I know that to be true. I uh, run a number of paranormal and uh, horror-based conventions and events, and they don't fly the same way. They don't have the same effect in the South. And the further South you go, the less effect they seem to have. They just people just right. they just. I don't know if it's because we have long, dark winters here that that we you know we kind of gravitate towards some of this kind of entertainment where other people don't. I'm not sure what the explanation is, but your observation is so true. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I discovered it. And, you know, as much as I, I mean, I've been a, I've had my paranormal team since 2009. So, you know, um, I was just finding like the lack of, I guess, places to investigate and things to do as far as the paranormal goes, I just wasn't very happy. Not to mm-hmm. say that Florida's like, doesn't have, <laughs> you know, it's not pretty or there's not things to do like other than that. But, um, you know, I really like took a, a very strong liking to new Orleans when I went there. Um, but I mean, I guess they really embraced that kind of yeah. uh, aspect of their culture in new Orleans. So it's a little different. Yeah, New Orleans is definitely, first of all, it's got a tremendous paranormal depth. And uh, secondly, people seem to really, I don't know if it's honor or respect or uh, love or what it is, but they, they definitely are in tune with the paranormal parts of their culture. Oh, yeah, they just embrace it and... I, you know, it's like for people that like to do this kind of stuff, it's, you know, it's like you just go there and you just feel like you're at home, you know, it's like my home away from home, even though I've, you know, I've never been raised there or anything like that, but it just has that feel for me. So you move back home, obviously you're involved in the paranormal community, you're an, uh, an investigator and an author. Uh, so give us the kind of the, the path that led you to writing the book, uh, Haunted Bay City. Uh-huh. Um, well, I've uh, had an interest in the paranormal my entire life, and I've always had an interest in history. Um, and so with that being said, um, I've also been writing my entire life. I used to write stories as a child, uh, ghost stories and, you know, horror stories. Sometimes I wonder why my parents didn't enroll me in therapy, honestly, because some of them were a little dark. Um, (laughs) but, um, nonetheless, um, you know, I just, everybody kind of saw that, saw me going in this path where I was eventually going to do something greater, I guess, with my uh, talent for writing. Um, so I've been trying to find a way to do um, write a book for a while, and um, it was like the opportunity just kind of fell in my lap. Um, one of the editors from the um, History Press or Arcadia Publishing uh, contacted me to write uh, a book, 
about hauntings. So um, as soon as I got that email, I mean, I didn't quite know, like, how extensive it was going to be, like, all the research and in how hard of, you know, hard it was going to be to write the book. But nonetheless, I, um, I was, I immediately said yes. So. <laughs> well, that's fun. Tell me a little bit about Bay City. Um, first of mm-hmm. all, I have to ask, are the Bay City Rollers have anything to do with Bay City, Michigan, or is that a completely different Bay City? I don't think so. <laughs> I want to say. You would like, know. You I would don't know. Even, I, yeah. <laughs> you probably don't even know who the Bay City Rollers are, do you? I know they're. I know they're a band, but um, yeah, they were a one I, my, one hit wonder from the seventies. They had a had a song yeah. called Saturday Night that uh, was very very popular for a period of time. But anyway, tell us about Bay City. Does do you think Bay City has a uh, a higher degree of haunting or paranormal activity than most communities, or is it about the same? Or what, what's interesting about it? Um, well, actually, if you've never been to Bay City before and you just come here. Um, especially during the summer, it's, I mean, we have beaches here that actually look like you're in Florida. Like you, you probably wouldn't be able to tell if you, if someone had like put a blindfold over your eyes and like sat you down <laughs> and took it off, you would not know if you were in Florida or in Michigan. That's like, we have some beautiful waterways here. Um, and it's honestly like a summer town, you know, people come here to see the tall ships um festival that they have it's called the Tallship Celebration. Um we have a giant like the biggest firework display like in the in the country or or it's in the top like three um biggest firework displays in the country. So people a lot of people gravitate here um in the summer. However, um what a lot of people don't know and what I actually uncover in my book is that the history of Bay City is actually, like, super dark, super violent. Um, Of course, not every history associated with each location in the book is violent. Right. But the origins of Bay City itself are very um, violent. Uh, You you know, with the book, you are going to learn a lot about uh, how dangerous it was back in the day, and you learn about some of the seedy characters that, would like be roaming around town. So it's just like totally day and night, you know, compared to the past. Right. Right. So at what point did you start becoming interested in the hauntings or maybe even legends or, or folklore of hauntings in Bay city? Oh my gosh. Since I was honestly, since I've been really young, um, but I didn't know that people did like the ghost hunting thing. So um, it wasn't until I actually discovered ghost hunters that I, I was like, Oh, Hey, like maybe I could start my own team, but the interest dates back to way before I even knew about ghost hunters. I mean, I was like probably, Oh God, probably like six years old. And I saw this library here called the stage library. And I just had heard it was haunted, but nonetheless, I've always wanted to like get in there and investigate it. And finally, um, I think it was in 2013, we actually did, but I mean, it was like a lifelong dream to get in there. So you start, so when you, when you became an adult, you started to uh, investigate and and visit some of these locations. Was there a a hit list? Did you have uh, like a, a top five places in Bay city that you wanted to investigate because of the reports of hauntings? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, 
I moved away for a little while, so um, I did a lot of investigations at, um, you know, a lot of historic landmarks like across the United States and, um, you know, outside of Bay City. But I still do have a list of places in Bay City that I'm still interested in investigating, definitely. How many places would you say you've investigated? A dozen? A hundred? Five? What do you think? Like, overall? In, like In Bay City. Oh, in Bay City? Oh, not that. I mm, I would probably say, like, probably between, like, five and ten. Okay. And how many places are in the book? How many places were you able to include in Haunted Bay City? Um, oh, man. I want to say there's, like, ten or eleven different locations in the book. This is this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have a, I mean, I, I could tell you what they all are, but. Okay, well, we'll, 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 get to, we'll get to a few of them. I certainly want to know what your favorites are, but how does this particular project, Haunted Bay City, this, this book, uh, differ uh-huh. from maybe other books that are uh, paranormal in nature? Um, well, my goal has in, in, and will always be to um, preserve history and especially my local history in my hometown. Um, so what I want to do with each um, book that's purchased when I get finally get my royalties check, I want to donate um, a portion of that check to different uh, locations that are listed in the book. So that way I can help. So to, in uh, addition, so in addition, history. yeah, obviously. So part of what you want to do with with uh, the proceeds from the book is actually try to mm-hmm. uh, uh, save some of these locations or, or get involved in historic preservation. Yes, exactly. And another thing, it, another way that my book differs from, I believe, other people's is that I try to set the record straight. That's what I like to say. I like to set the record straight um, with the stigma attached to the paranormal community because most people are really cool with it, but you got to select few who still are like, what are these people doing? Like, mm-hmm. how could they be so disrespectful, you know? And, and that's just like, the complete opposite of, of what I want to be associated with. Like, okay, I so let's talk about that for a second. Obviously, yeah. when paranormal reality television, shows like Ghost Hunters, hit the air, uh-huh. it really changed the paradigm. More people were introduced to this idea of investigating or hunting for ghosts or whatever it has, happens to be. And uh, uh-huh. once that kind of became a little bit more accepted, people were willing to have these conversations. I always uh, say that these com- these Talk, talk, discussions about ghosts went from you know in the in the dark corner of the room to the dining room table. Uh, they became acceptable. They became um, not necessarily normal all the time, but certainly people were familiar with the terms and the ideas. And that was a big switch. That was a big mm-hmm. change. Uh, so, are you saying that since that point, there are still what you would consider to be a, a stigma attached to the idea of paranormal investigating? Oh, for sure, and. You know, I've, I've noticed it even with, um, like, local investigators, people that are in the community, um, you know, this, this whole debate about whether to call it ghost hunters or paranormal investigators. But my whole thing is, is, like, whatever you want to call yourself, like, that is totally your business, but we got bigger issues here. Like, we got to, I mean, we got to, like, work to save history. We, I mean, there's people out there, like, trying to like get answers about the afterlife but like we need to look at the the big picture here instead of focusing on like the little unimportant details i guess you could say 
Yeah, um, you know, it's it's funny to me because after Ghost Hunters, there were so many other shows that that approached uh, paranormal investigating in a similar way with their own nuances. But it was still, you know, these shows became very very popular, and it wasn't just ghost hunting. You've got, you know, you had UFO hunters and you had Bigfoot hunters, and you know, all of these paranormal topics that again we used to kind of put on the the upper shelf. You know, I don't mean that in a high class way. I mean that in kind of hidden out of the way um, uh-huh. as far as our discussions go. And they all, all these conversations started to become a little bit more, actually a lot more mainstream. Um, so I'm surprised that uh, I get, actually I am surprised, but I'm certainly not super surprised that there are still people that would cock an eyebrow uh, when you uh, tell them that you're a ghost hunter or a paranormal investigator. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's a little bit of a smaller town. It's not like, you know, Detroit or New York City or, of course, New Orleans. Um, So I would say most people are very, like, accepting of it. Like, there's been such a huge response to people who are very interested in the book coming out and who've been pre-ordering it and all that. Um, But there have been organizations that um, would not work with me. Um, when I was writing the book, and I, I won't say who they are. Well, what, what kind of want... well, hold on. What kind of organizations are you talking about that you would need? In uh, these people, who just wouldn't let you uh, write about their location. Is that what you're talking about? Um, it, it it was a. I will say this: it was not the library system, but it was okay. a research organization, and they were just hiding their files from me, pretty much. Okay. Um, I had to pretty much go to different universities and um, libraries and historical societies all over the United States to get information. But I mean, I, I went to the library system here. It was yeah. not the library system. Like they're okay. awesome. I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I don't need to know who it is. I'm just trying to get, get a sense of what kind of, I mean, it, it was like, mm-hmm. like my, when you said that, I'm thinking, okay, was it the police department wouldn't give you, you know, information from their files or was it a haunted location that wouldn't give you information from their files? I mean, some of the places like, one of the things I know from working with ghost hunters is that mm-hmm. uh, there are places like hotels. Some of them will embrace this paranormal idea if they've got activity because it'll bring paranormal tourists. But other other hotels will say, no, we don't want to touch that. We don't want to disturb our guests. We don't want them thinking there are ghosts running around our halls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they can take one of very two very different approaches to this. Um, what I will say is it was an organization involved with history. Okay. <laughs> so if that can, if that clears it up at all, but yeah, I mean, I had to, I, I really had my work cut out for me, but I wasn't going to let like this fork in the road stop me. I just kept going. Yeah. Well, that's great. So, so you, you, you're writing the book. How long did it take to write this? Um, I, I think it took me about four or five months. And the book is, is a collection of locations in Bay City, Michigan that have what a, uh, a reputation for being haunted or are they good? Are they good in some cases, uh, folklore that we would call ghost stories about locations throughout Bay city or, or is it a combination of both? It's a, it's definitely a combination of both. Um, there are some stories in there that, you know, people are very comfortable with the, the spirit they believe, you know, is in their business and other stories in there are just like totally chilling. So it's definitely a combination of both. All right, give, but us, either- give us a couple, mm-hmm. give us, let's, let's start. Uh, we're going to try to talk about a couple of your favorites that are included in the book. So give us one right now. 
Um, probably one of my favorite locations in the book um, is the Masonic Temple and the Scottish Rite uh, Masonic Center. They're like two different buildings, but they're like connected together. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a former secretary who has been seen sometimes. He is seen um, as far as like a full-bodied apparition, and other times he is just seen from the waist down and appears as a pair of legs. Yeah, but kind of uh, that, <laughs> yeah. But that being said, I mean, um, there's been a lot of different types of spirits actually reported um, in the building. So uh, in the book, I talk about what some of those spirits look like and um, what some of the volunteers and, um, you know, what some of the volunteers and workers have reported while they're there. Have you investigated that particular location? I am working on it. <laughs> we were actually going to do it um, prior to the the shutdown, but we're going to have to wait now. Just oh because- yeah, we got a shutdown going on, don't we? I've forgotten about that, and that really puts a monkey and monkey wrench into everything, doesn't it? Yeah, and I just, you know, I just want to wait it out. I think, like, um, every, you know, I know a lot of other people are still going out and investigating, but here I'm just going to wait it out, and it'll be worth it, I'm sure. So as you were writing these and cl- uh, researching this, these locations and putting this together for a book, for the book uh, Haunted Bay City, um, uh-huh. what types of research techniques did you use? You've mentioned the library. You mentioned you've traveled all over the country to gather research. But what was, what was the best source or best sources that you had to put this information together? Um. I mean, I would say the old archives at the library. I went there and I cop I like got a whole bunch of old archives and I like um just copied all the old papers. Yeah, but what okay, so, so I guess this is my this is kind of the a more direct way to ask this question. What uh-huh. sources keep track of haunted stories? Is it is it newspaper reports primarily that you were finding that would that would talk about oh uh you know the the masonic temple had reports of a ghost last night i mean where does this stuff show up um well there was some newspaper articles but very few um to be honest with you a lot of this stuff has never been like published before until like when this book comes out it's going to be like the first time a lot of these stories have actually been publicly told. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of this came from rumors that had been circulating over the years and then what I did is I went to go talk to, you know, the staff. Um, I, I put feelers out for anybody who may have went to these locations and had an experience and, um, you know, met with each person and interviewed them. So it was really just like hearing the rumors about which places okay. had activity and then following up, up with people. Okay. So, so you actually, you, I don't know whether you, you made some Facebook posts or whatever and said, Hey, if you have, if you've got a story to tell me, let me know. And then you went out uh-huh. and, and, and researched and you got some firsthand accounts and firsthand testimony I'm gathering. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. And that, that in itself was, uh, you know, it could at, a, at times was a grueling process, but I think it just makes everything better. Um, and I think that's, you know, another way that, Maybe my book is different than other people's in that I wanted to make sure that it was in no way exploitative um, to the community. I wanted to make sure that everybody was um, satisfied with the chapters. I sent them to each person who was 
you know, featured in the book. They approved them. They amended anything that was maybe incorrect, you know, because when you're typing up a story, if, if you get anything wrong, I wanted to correct it. So, um, yeah, they, I mean, I got their full consent and, yeah, and help with that's, that process. That's very respectful. I hope that didn't mean you have to, had to edit out any of the good information, though. <laughs> no, no. I mean, um, actually, I was surprised. I thought um, some of the places were going to tell me to change it, but everybody was just uh, everybody was so happy with their chapter, the way I portrayed their structures and um, them themselves in the book. That uh, you know, everybody that's in the book is very excited about the release of it. When does it come out? It comes out on September fourteenth. Oh, so just a, two weeks, I guess. Um, one of the mm-hmm. one of the things that I've always thought was very very important, actually not important. You know how uh, some things have uh, unintended consequences, and this is, I think, a really good un- unintended consequence of the interest in paranormal uh, investigating. Is this effort to restore and to save some of our historic landmarks, and, and maybe not even sometimes they're not even landmarks. They're just buildings and communities that have fallen into disrepair, but have a tremendous story. Sometimes they're beautiful buildings that have just been uh, left to rot. But this interest in paranormal investigating has revived a lot of these places. And it sounds like that's something that's important to you, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like I said, like I've always had an interest in history and always had an interest in the paranormal. And when I created my society, I wanted a way to combine the two interests. And I totally agree with you. Um, I mean, my team alone has given thousands of dollars to different, you know, locations all over. And this is just really important to us um, to keep these buildings standing for generations to come and to, you know, to make some of these older buildings like wheelchair accessible so that other people can enjoy them. Uh, so definitely, it's very important to me. Do you think that uh, some of these locations that give, uh, whether they're guided tours or guided ghost hunts or you know some other paranormal type events, do you think those types of events are only of interest to people who w- want to be quote unquote ghost hunters, or do you think it's really uh, more general than that, and people should really get out and experience some of this, whether they're into ghosts or not? Yeah, I think everybody should give it a try at least once. Um, I mean, I've been doing it for years, but when I first got the chance, for example, and this is definitely not in Bay City, but (laughs) when I first got the chance to go to the um, Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Weston, West Virginia, um, just to be in there at night, I've never been in a state hospital like that, like, before. Like, I think I went there in, like, 2009, and it was just so large and so cool. Um, and just, like, to this day, I still tell everybody about, like, my first experience going there and, like, how much it has improved, like, the building itself and how um, good of care the owners are taking of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think any, everybody should have the chance at least once to go, like, explore an old creepy asylum or something like that because it's, It's an adrenaline rush. Well, one of the things that I find very interesting is that I've been a Civil War buff, Civil War uh, historian, uh, amateur historian for a very long time, since I was a kid. And I spent a lot of time in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and I, I would go there almost every year, and I went for the Civil War history. And in the last 
15, maybe 20 years, now I'd say 15 years, in the last 15 years, the number of ghost tours has skyrocketed. There's at least a half a dozen of them uh, available as you walk up and down the streets of Gettysburg. And these, I I think, are very, very uh, uh, appropriate ways for people who aren't necessarily into the paranormal investigating to be introduced to some of these ideas of if not just the folklore of Gettysburg or wherever the location is, but the the, the the idea of a haunted location and some haunted activity being told and related in a very safe and controlled environment. I think it probably helps the community a little bit. Oh, definitely. You know, and all that money is being funneled back into those historic locations. And um, I think just for the aspect of history alone, um, just, you know, like I said, going like, one time I was uh, walking the asylum and I found like a pair of like old latex gloves or whatever that were like shoved in a, in a space. And I mean, I don't know exactly how old they were, but just like that alone, was, it was kind of cool just finding something, you know, that might have been from the past. Right. Um, right. Um, so that, so, that in itself is just fun. So tell me in, in the investigations you have done in Bay City, and we're going to run out of time here because uh, I've got to get our next guests on shortly. But uh, in the okay. investigations you have done, Nicole, in Bay mm-hmm. City, have you had any great experiences of your own that you can share with us? Oh, yeah. Um, we were investigating um, at the Sage Library, and that's actually in the book, and I tell the whole story about it. but. Um, we kept getting the name Jacob. We kept getting a male saying it, or a male-sounding voice saying it, and then a female-sounding voice saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kept coming up over and over again. Uh, we contacted the librarian, and she actually um, pointed us in the direction of historical records that gave us some insight of uh, to who Jacob actually was. And that is all in the book, but just to, like hear the name and I mean we just thought like you know maybe this is like a fluke or something so we just kept saying like who's here and and each time we just kept getting the name Jacob so that that was that was a pretty awesome experience wow and then to uncover that history of who he actually was that I think that's probably the most rewarding thing that can happen to somebody who's doing any any type of paranormal investigating is when you when you actually get some kind of evidence and then you can go back into the historical record and corroborate it. That is so rewarding. I've experienced that myself, and uh, there's uh-huh. no, nothing beats that. Oh, not at all. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So, um, when is the again? You said two weeks. September fourteenth. The book is going to be available. Where can people f- buy it? Find it at that point. Um, it should be available in like Barnes and Noble on Amazon.com. Um, you can buy it directly through the publisher, Arcadia Publishing. I'm guessing it's probably going to be in several more um, spots, you know, stores. You might even be able to find it at like, you know, if you're in the in this area base of Bay City or somewhere around here, you might be able to even find it at like uh, your drugstore or some downtown shops, but. Um, if, you know, if you're, you know, across the world or something like that, um, it is available right now for pre-order on Amazon. Okay. So, um, you, you, you can find it in a whole bunch of different countries. Great. Um, if somebody was to read the book and then head to uh, Bay City to do a little bit of uh, poking around themselves, do you offer anything with your group that help lets people, uh, investigate or is that not something you get into? Um, 
you know, that's a possibility for the future. We're always looking for um, new ways to kind of branch out from this. So Mm -hmm. we're kind of in in talks with some different things right now. But, um, you know, there is, uh, I will say, for uh, like 100% fact right now, that um, the USS Edson, which is a historic naval ship, they do offer, um, like, ghost hunts on the ship. It's not through our team, uh, but nonetheless, all that money is still funneled back right into that museum, so uh, that helps with the historic preservation. What um, What do you recommend for somebody who is, um, is looking to do uh, get involved in paranormal investigating but has never done it, doesn't have a group? Um, I think they just kind of have to like think about like what they want to get out of the experience. Um, for me, my, uh, what I wanted out of the experience was never really to prove anything to anybody mm-hmm. as weird as that may seem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just always kind of been about seeking answers for myself. So, I mean, I guess having a goal in mind is always a good start. And then, uh, you know, when you finally have that goal, then you're going to want to like, you know, you can figure out, like, based on that goal, how much equipment you feel like you're going to need, yeah. um, if you need any at all, because some yeah. investigators don't use any. I think that's a wiser way to start. I think your ears and your eyes are the best equipment to start with, and then you can add on after that. Nicole, any other books in the works for you? Are you looking to do another one? You know what? If I if I get any offers after this one comes out, I, <laughs> I might be game. So. All right. Well, we have to let you go. We're out of time. But thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with Haunted Bay City. It comes out September 14th. Look forward to having another reason soon to have you back on the show. All right. Well, thank you so much. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.